You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, they started a game last night, and uh, they'll be continuing that game today. Welcome in to the Locked On Reds podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Jeff Carr. We're going to talk about what a farce last night's game was. I'm not talking about performance-wise for the Cincinnati Reds, although it was a struggle for Luis Castillo. We're going to get into that here on today's podcast. But uh, another day and another podcast that we're going to begin with Major League Baseball is absolutely ran by a bunch of clowns. We're, we're going to get into all of that here in just a minute. But before we do, make sure that you're following the podcast on whatever podcasting provider you're currently listening to. Also, follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three F's and follow the show at Lockdown Reds and save the Lockdown Reds line number into your phone at 513-549-0159. All right, I, I, I sent this tweet out last night at the end of the game. Or, okay, whenever they finally decided that they were going to postpone the game, I was actually sharing a tweet from Mo Ecker talking about how uh, terrible the leadership for Major League Baseball is. And I said, uh, the kids' lemonade stand down the street, uh, my personal blog, and the new European Super League that looks like it's probably going to fold before it even begins, all three of those have better leadership. Than Major League Baseball. What on earth happened last night? I mean, if you watch the game at all, you know that the conditions were not great. And there were pictures from folks. There was videos from people that were there in the stands. And everyone looked super cold. Like, I talked about how cold opening day was. These folks were getting rained on, too. So I feel super sorry for the ones that went to the game last night. But it was just a night of bad conditions. Though early on, it at least opened up a little bit. It didn't look so bad. But then everyone knew. If you looked at the radar on your phone, you didn't have to have like the professional radar that they have down at the news stations and stuff like that. You could just look at the pictures that they were showing to you on AccuWeather and know that this game had an expiration time Last night, there was a point where they weren't going to be able to get it in. And I tried to Google. I, I don't have the answer to this question, but I wasn't sure that could they have moved the game up last night? There might be some kind of rule against changing the time of the first pitch on game day, and I can understand that. But in special circumstances like that, it causes for some people to actually think. And it sure seems like the umpiring crew and the people in charge of the umpiring crew, like in New York and stuff like that, nobody was thinking. There should have been some sort of communication like, dude, do not go out and start the eighth inning. The eighth inning never should have happened. They should have called a delay, maybe announced the post movement until today before the eighth inning even started. But they told Reds pitchers to go out there and pitch. And literally, from the word go, T.J. Antone comes out. And John Sadak is talking about on the television broadcast, it's raining so hard he can hear it hit the booth, the windows and all that stuff. He, he can hear it hit the building. I could hear it hit my roof pretty hard. I mean, it was a sheet of rain. And then no sooner did the eighth inning get going than that rain turned to sleep. 
And all the while, you're asking professional pitchers to go out there and get a grip on that ball and pitch and throw strikes. I'm sorry. I'm not blaming Amir Garrett. I'm not blaming Lucas Sims. I'm not even blaming TJ Anto for giving up that home run. How you grip a baseball and throw a pitch in those conditions is beyond me. And you can say, oh, well, they should be able to do it. They're not freaking robots. They're human beings. I don't understand why on earth the umpiring crew thought that was safe. And we always talk about player safety and all this other stuff from the league. That wasn't player safety because Lucas Sims hit a guy. Now, it didn't look like it hurt him at all, and it was an errant pitch because, well, he couldn't get a grip on the ball. But you're talking about situations that you're putting pitchers in that they are far more likely to hit a batter. And I mentioned it on Twitter. I'm like, if I'm a Diamondbacks hitter, I'm going up to the plate and I'm leaving my bat on my shoulder. Because there was zero chance in those conditions that a Reds pitcher, that any pitcher was going to go out there and throw three strikes. And you're saying, oh, it's just a little bit of rain. It was seriously ridiculous. It was a monsoon that turned to sleet that shortly thereafter turned to snow. And in case you live in the Cincinnati area, uh, look out your window. (laughs) You got snow on the ground. How on earth were they supposed to play in that? That was absolutely dumb by the umpiring crew. And, you know, I, I, I tried to wreck my brain. As to why on earth home plate umpire Jansen Visconti and crew chief Jerry Mills decided that they wanted to try to play the eighth inning. Because here's the thing. Yeah, it, it would have benefited the Reds had they not played the eighth because the Reds would have had the lead at that point at 4-3 to three, and they would have suspended the game and whatnot. I understand what I'm advocating for here. The problem with this is it's not that the Reds lost the lead. It's that when you start the eighth inning, you have to finish the eighth inning. There was absolutely zero chance that the Reds and Diamondbacks were going to finish the eighth inning with what was coming. If you saw the radar pictures, it was a massive wall of blue and green, rain and snow, or snow and rain. Yeah, blue and green, blue, snow, green, rain. It, it, it was about to just get nasty at Great American, but the umpires were like, no, nah, no, nah, we're good. We're going to play. So I came up with some reasons. You know, I, I think that uh, the umpiring crew were part Moncala. If you're a fan of Star Wars, that's Admiral Akbar and people that look like him, kind of fish people, you know. They can they can survive in the water. In fact, they kind of have to because they're fish. Or, you know, they heard some pitchers were being investigated for sticky balls and they didn't want to have anything to deal with that. So they, they wanted to make sure that all of the balls were so slippery nobody can grip them. That, that's a possibility. Or, you know, the, the umpires probably had money on the over. Because the over was set at seven and a half, and at that point the Reds were leading four to three, so they needed a couple more runs there to hit the over. Or they probably heard that if you don't like Cincinnati weather, then you just wait a minute and it'll change. Well, it didn't because it was going to rain for like three hours and snow for an hour or two and all that good stuff. So that 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 wouldn't work. Or lastly, uh, the other thing that I thought of. They saw the pregame forecast, but they also saw that some posts on Facebook said there was no chance that it would rain, and anyone who believes the weatherman is a sheeple, and the umpires didn't want to be a sheeple. I don't know. Those, those were some thoughts. So, yeah, we're going to restart the game in the top of the eighth inning with ducks on the pond. Okay, that's, that's the bases are loaded. 
I, I think that the field's going to be dry this time. I don't know. But Ducks on the pond, top of the eighth inning, one out on the board. No idea who's going to be pitching for the Reds because at this point, the Reds have already used TJ Antone and Amir Garrett. Lucas Sims was in the game. I find it hard to believe that he will continue to pitch because if we're being honest here, yeah, the Reds have six outs to play with and can hopefully come back because they're down by one. But with the bases loaded and one out and your best bullpen arms have been used, I'm a little worried about how many more runs are going to be scored and what the actual finish of this game is going to look like. So maybe they come out with Carson Fulmer. Maybe they come out with Sean Doolittle or something like that. I don't expect Lucas Sims to continue pitching. Hopefully he'll be good to go for the game tonight. But it's just what a farce of a situation that was. The eighth inning never should have happened. We're going to talk about what happened before the eighth inning here in just a moment. Plus, we're going to get into the pitching matchups for tonight in Merrill Kelly for Arizona and Tyler Malley for the Reds. But before we jump into that, let's take a snack break. Let's all just calm down. I just, I, I just man, I just need to calm down. And you know what? The best snack out there as far as how good it tastes and how healthy it is for you is Built Bar. Check out Built Bar today. Go to BuiltBar.com and enter the promo code LOCKED15. And try out what I'm talking about. It is the best protein bar on the market because they make it with 100% real chocolate. It tastes amazing. You can check out all the great flavors like Cherry Barcia. They've got Churro Marshmallow Puff, which tastes almost exactly like a Three Musketeer, but it's way healthier than that because it's got low sugar, low carbs, and high in protein. You're going to take a bite and you're going to forget every other protein bar that you've ever had because it's not chalky. It doesn't taste like cardboard. It is absolutely fantastic. Go to BuiltBar.com today. Enter the promo code LOCKED15. You'll save 15% off your next order and you'll see that I'm right. That's BuiltBar.com and the promo code LOCKED15. This year... The Locked On Podcast Network is partnering with the Draft Network to cover the NFL Draft live. Get insight and analysis from Locked On local experts and the Draft Network's national experts. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL Podcast YouTube page to watch live three-day coverage of the NFL Draft April 29th through May 1st. All right, so before the weather denigrated and the umpires ignored it and the umpires tried to kill everybody on a field, there was some baseball that actually happened in situations that weren't so terrible. They weren't ideal. They weren't great. But you could play baseball in them. And Luis Castillo, of course, again, had to pitch in a day like that. Now, I know some of you are like already sarcastically rolling your eyes. I got plenty of sarcastic tweets about the fact that, oh, it's Castillo pitching on a cold day. Guess we got to write this one off too. He didn't look so great, but he did what an ace pitcher is supposed to do. When he doesn't have his best stuff, he still keeps the Reds in the game. The first inning was a struggle yet again. He gave up a rally thanks to poor command, especially with his fastball. They were hitting his changeup as well, but his fastball was just loaded in the middle of the zone, and guys were teeing off on it. It almost looked to me like he was kind of tipping his pitches a little bit. If you know Luis Castillo's delivery, when he cocks his arm and gets ready to throw, 
he fully has his grip of the baseball in view. Now, you probably have to be some kind of Hawkeye and see that, but these baseball hitters are pretty good at the game. Even all professionals are pretty good at recognizing certain pitches. So if they can even get a glimpse of what his grip looks like, they can tell what's coming. So was he tipping his pitches a little bit because he settled down in the second inning, struck out the side. He did have a walk in the second, but he worked around that perfectly by striking the other three batters out. And then in the third inning, he struggled again. And then in the fourth inning, he struggled again. He was allowing base runners left and right. There was very few Diamondbacks who didn't touch a base against Luis Castillo. And that's not something that you figured to say. You figured to say that, well, Castillo calmed down and dominate. Make no mistake about it. I'm still thinking that he's going to be the dominant Luis Castillo that we all know and love. But at the same token, if we continue to see this guy, there's some chinks in the armor that I'm a little bit worried about. Because if Luis Castillo is not the ace that we thought he could be, that is a huge problem for the Reds, not only this year, but moving forward, but especially if we're thinking that the Reds can win the division and Luis Castillo is not La Piedra that we all know and love, then I don't think they're going to win the division. So he's got to figure it out here pretty soon. Last night, he was pretty much a two-pitch guy. He had his fastball and he had his changeup. Now, it it differed a little bit. He had a four-seam fastball and he had a sinker. So if he can at least make those different enough to where the four-seamer does one thing and the sinking fastball gets out of the way of the bat just enough, then he can still be an effective three-pitch pitcher. But if everybody's recognizing the fastball from the changeup, then that is a big problem. He tried to throw the slider a couple of times, but it was really, I think it was only like two or three times total last night. So if he gets relegated to a two-pitch pitcher, he has to be the best at both those pitches. And that's just such a huge hole to put yourself in whenever you're going up against the other team's ace who might have three, four, five, maybe even six different kind of pitches that he can throw. So hopefully here in his next start, which... If you look down the road, his next start is going to be in Chavez Ravine. It's going to be really hard to get right against the best team in Major League Baseball. Just saying. It's it's not even a hot take. I mean, I think everybody kind of knows that. But if we're looking for a get-right game, it's going to have to come against the Dodgers. Because it's it's not going to be like, well, we got to wait a couple more starts before we can really see the best Luis Castillo. He's got to be on fire next week. At Dodger Stadium. That's a tall task to ask for. But overall, he was able to mitigate disaster, and part of that was his defense. Now, early on, there was a double play that should have happened. Jonathan India attempted to flip the ball to Eugenio Suarez, but he threw it a little bit too much out of the way, and Suarez could not catch it, so everybody was end up safe on that, and then the rally continued from there. Should have been a double play ball. But later on in the game, I think it was in the third inning, whenever everything was dire, they had runners on second and third, there was a pop fly that was hit in no man's land behind the shortstop position, and Eugenio Suarez was able to range out there, like fully extend his arm and catch the ball like almost in a breadbasket type situation, and it was also helped by the fact that the guy on third for Arizona made a boneheaded mistake and gambled that Gino wasn't going to catch it, so he was already on his way home 
So he had to sprint back to third. Otherwise, he was about to be doubled up. Now, Gino wasn't able to double up anybody on that play, but it saved a run and pretty much saved the rest of the game. Because then the Reds' bats came out and did their job and scored four runs. This was the Kyle Farmer night. This was his day, man. His night. Because the game started at nighttime. But this was the Kyle Farmer game. He had an awesome RBI single in the fourth inning that brought the Reds within one run of the Diamondbacks' 3 nothing lead. Because Diamondbacks jumped out to 3 nothing in the first. He cut it to 3-2 with that single, and then in the bottom of the sixth, Farmer hit his first home run since 2019. It was a two-run homer variety, which not to be outdone, right before him, Tucker Barnhart worked a magnificent walk against Zach Gallen, and he chased Zach Gallen from the game. The Diamondbacks then brought in a reliever who Farmer just absolutely murdered a pitch over the center field wall. It was just a great home run. And that's, it was Kyle Farmer's night up until the eighth inning when all hell broke loose. So that is where they stand coming into, coming into Wednesday's continuation point of the game. Hopefully the lineup can get in there and get the lead back because as it stands, the Reds now trail 5-4. to four. And there is a good chance that they might give up at least one more run with the bases loaded and only one out. The lineup's going to have to be on their game and then continue that game as they face Merrill Kelly in, I'm not really calling it game two because it shouldn't even be a doubleheader, the stupid umpiring crew, whatever. 6.40 start time for what would have been Wednesday's only game. They're going to go up against Merrill Kelly and Tyler Malley's going to be on the mound. We're going to talk about that here in just a minute. And like I mentioned earlier with the umpires having the over, if you would like to take the over on tonight's game, check it out today at betonline.ag. With Merrill Kelly on the mound and Tyler Malley too, they've got the total set at eight. So if you think it's going to go over or if you think it's going to go under, betonline.ag is the best place to put that bet. And when you go there, set up your profile and type in the promo code locked on to get 50% added onto your initial deposit. BetOnline has great lines from Major League Baseball, the NBA, UFC is coming up this weekend. They're going to have great lines on that as well. So get off the bench and get in the game and start making some money off of your sports knowledge. Go to betonline.ag today and enter the promo code locked on to get 50% added onto your initial deposit. That's betonline.ag and the promo code locked on. The Ultimate Mock Draft 2021, presented by Locked On and Odyssey, is happening now. Featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Jason LaCanfora, and Brian Baldinger, our local experts for every team are making trades and picking the next stars of their team. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is your home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. So the Reds, I I, I don't want to be a negative Nancy here, but I'm kind of going to be at least a realistic Rob. They might be in a 1-0 hole against the Diamondbacks as they start game two at 640. With that being said, they've got Tyler Malley going. Tyler Malley looks pretty awesome in his first four innings 
last time out. Hopefully he can tap into that. I saw something that said that he was tipping his pitches a little bit there in San Francisco, and that's kind of what led to the blow-up, to which he explained this way. He said, quote, I was tipping from where my glove was on my body and how my hand was coming up out of the stretch. I was doing it two separate ways on off-speed and fastballs. We thought that could have been the case, too, because the first four innings, I was in the windup the whole time, so I didn't really have to work out of the stretch. So it was one of those things that he kind of got into a stressful situation after pitching no-hit innings for the first four against San Fran, and he just tried to get out of it. He kind of wasn't considering how he was moving, and he was tipping his pitches. So look for him to be a lot better than that tonight. I think he's going to have a good outing. He's going up against Merrill Kelly. This is a dude who has struggled so far this season. He has a total of 16 innings pitched, and according to Baseball Savant, his expected batting average allowed is at 371, which is the bottom of the league. His expected slugging allowed also is at 681, so he is getting hit. In fact, the average exit velocity off of him is 88.7, which is slightly lower than normal for him, although his barrel percentage is at 11.7, which is pretty high. It's actually um, higher than league average, like almost double what the league average barrel percentage allowed is. Plus, he's not striking people out. He's only got a 13.5%. Now, again, it's only a 16-inning sample size, and that could change pretty dramatically with a get-right start against this Reds lineup. However, we all love what this Reds lineup has done, so this seems like the kind of guy who they just need to jump all over on. And the biggest culprit for him so far this season has been his fastball. His four-seam fastball averages around 91 miles an hour, and it is just getting crushed. He's allowed a 500 batting average. There have been three doubles and three homers off of it so far this season. Just absolutely getting crushed on that pitch. His best pitch has been his curveball. He's only given up a 182 average. However, according to Baseball Savant, his expected batting average on that pitch, he's getting really lucky. He should be giving up like a 337 batting average. So the Reds need to jump on Merrill Kelly early, and they need to jump on him often. I'm expecting this to be the kind of night where the lineup really, really impresses us. Hopefully, they've got a solid lineup in there. Obviously, Nicholas Castellanos will not be in there. Yeah, I talked about that on yesterday's podcast. He won't be in there for this game. He'll be back Thursday at the ballpark. Now, Mike Moustakis will also not be in there. He was a late scratch just before the game started. Kyle Farmer was not even in the starting lineup last night before he just decided to go off and hit the baseball super hard because he was an emergency fill-in as Moustakis was placed on the 10-day injured list with a non-COVID-related illness. I think that they were hoping he was going to be ready to go on Tuesday night, but they saw that he wasn't. He didn't even come out for batting practice, according to Bobby Nightingale. So they, we will not see him until the earliest will be next Tuesday when they're in L.A. But the reason that they had to put him on the injured list for that is because with Castellanos out, they would be down two bench guys for at least the next day. And I don't think they wanted to do that. And that would have been really bad going into a situation where they got to restart a game on Wednesday and then they got to start another game just shortly thereafter. I, man, what a 
what a terrible situation that Major League Baseball has put the Reds in. Like I, I just I, I can't with that. But we shall see. Hopefully, the lineup that David Bell builds will be able to jump up early on Merrill Kelly and get the Reds a win tonight in in the game that they play after the game that they finished playing that they started last night. It's really hard to explain the game tonight because they're playing two games. It's like a game and a couple innings. Whatever. I'm confused. That's it for me. Thank you so much for listening to the Lockdown Reds podcast. If you don't already, make sure that you follow the podcast on whatever app you're currently listening to. Also, follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs and follow the show at Lockdown Reds. But I will talk to each and every one of you tomorrow. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.